Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Sports and Torts. College football season opener episode last week was great. If you not had a chance to listen to it, go back, check it out. You'll listen and uh, hopefully learn a bit about football season. Today, we have our first lawyer guest of season three, and man, it's it's a good one. With us is Cade Perrion from Perrion Lawyers. Everybody knows Cade, and he has a long and very distinguished bio. Distinguished. Law, distinguished. Law firm owner, personal injury lawyer, mediator, radio personality, high school football announcer, and now sports and torts guest. That's right. My That's man. Right. That's distinguished. You know, I'm a father. I got three kids. I've had three kids in three different decades, all with the same woman. You know, that's very untrial lawyer like. But um, so, you know. so the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. That's right. That's, that's right. I've got a I've got a three month old now. You so. look you look good and rested. Yeah, no. I mean, I was up last night at about one thirty, and then I got up again at about four thirty. And so, how old is she now? Uh, it's a it's a boy. Oh, His I mean, name's Bennett. He's three he's three months old. I'm forty five years old. My wife's forty five years old. Uh, yeah, uh, this was a plot twist. So me and you are the same age, um, exact same age. I don't think I can envision going back to the baby process, man. So kudos to you. Is it different the next time around? It, it was not envisioned. Yep. Uh, but, you know, as they say, every child's a blessing. It's been fun. You know, it's 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 a lot different. I mean, you're a lot more chill. Uh, just all around. You just laugh. You laugh a lot more. And uh, let's face it, you know, getting up at 4 a.m. is not as hard as it used to be because at 45, you're Getting up at 4 a.m. Checking emails, maybe doing the Peloton. Yeah. I noticed on that you, you went to Hawaii recently, put the, took the baby with you. You've, you know, I imagine with third, third child, you're not quite as, you know, anxious as we were with the first and second, right? Like, let's go. Pack up the car. Let's go. No, no, but we were anxious about that plane flight. You know, obviously Atlanta to Honolulu and back is is a, yeah. is a bit much to to bite off for a for a, for a three month old. How do you uh, do? But I will tell you that he did not make a peep either flight. It was it was pretty amazing. We didn't use Benadryl or anything. Probably behaved better than I would. Oh, he, he did. <laughs> he, he, he definitely definitely behaved better than me. That's awesome. Well, as I'm as I'm going through your bio, I'm thinking to myself. You know, Cade has always got a microphone in front of him, and here I am inviting you down to my office and throwing a microphone back in front of your face. Man. I love microphones. I, I've loved microphones since the day I was born. My mom said I came out uh, talking, and and I had shut up since. You know, part of my part of my um, in, when I introduce myself during mediations, I tell them I say I'm 45 years old, and I've been told for 45 years that I talk too much, and I have documentation to prove it. I've got report cards from from years and years of uh, you know he talks too much and. Yeah. You know, I, I I just talk too much. That's awesome. Um, so my wife is a talker. Everybody knows her as a talker. And I'm really not, although over the last couple of years, like I've, I think I've become more of one. Uh, our job's required, obviously, doing this podcast, doing videos. So I'm I'm, I'm getting there. But uh, one day I'll be like you and my wife and just just really love it and embrace it. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, I, I always say that. You know, I'm just, I'm one word away from sticking my foot in my mouth at all times. Well, that's what I tell people too. It's like, you know, I'll post a video and and I'll say something that either was not very smart or some might call it stupid and I'll get called out on it. I'm like, look, I talk a lot <laughs> and and every now and again, something ain't going to come out right. So cut me a little slack, okay? Well, we'll get into that in a little while when we talk about my radio play-by-play. 
<laughs> well, before we do all that, everybody knows you in the legal space, but we have listeners, obviously, that aren't. So, so introduce yourself. Uh, who are you? All that good stuff. Well, you know, I always say um, my name's Cade Perry, and I'm just a you know country lawyer. Uh, I've got a practice out in West Georgia, uh, Perry and Lawyers. Uh, we've got an office in Carrollton, one in Bremen, so that's Carroll County and Harrelson County. Uh, doesn't get as, as as much West Georgia as that. Uh, my entire life has been spent out there. Um, you know, we um, I do only personal injury type work, but we've got lawyers that that, that do anything and everything that walks in the door. So it's your typical uh, general small town practice. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fourth generation Carrollton guy. So, you know, small town blessing and curse. Uh, I know everybody, they know me. Uh, we know things about each other that are both true and untrue. And if we don't know something about, uh, each other, we're, we're, we're liable to make it up. And oftentimes, uh, you know, those lies are told in church. Right. So from there, grew up there, went to school there, practiced there. It's awesome. Um, you'd mentioned that you focus on personal injury work. That's how we know each other. Uh, but you have some lawyers in your office. And so y'all are able to do kind of whatever comes in the door. Is that right? We can break up your family. We can get, we can get you out of jail. We can, you know, help you when you get in a car wreck. We, we can adopt you. We can, you know, we can, we can do anything for you uh, is, is what we do. Ryan Farmer uh, is a young lawyer in my office. Uh, great guy. Uh, married a girl from Tallapoosa, moved from Gainesville to Tallapoosa. Is probably the only person in history to ever do that. Uh, and then, of course, I've got Tyler Paul Smith, who's a who's a state representative, uh, local guy uh, who handles all of our criminal work. So, just your you know small town practice is 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 what we do. There you go. There you go. And uh, your law firm, it's it's the. Web address is is westgeorgialawyer.com, right? That's it. That's it. That was that was how uh, creative I was when I started my firm. You know, I was sitting there going, you know, what is it? What is the most obvious web address? And it's westgalawyer.com. So every time I say it, I have to spell out GA. And not only that, I think it's the world's longest URL. <laughs> Oh, oh, and to make matters worse, after I decided to use West, West GA Lawyer, uh, I fig figured out that another law firm in town is West GA Attorney. Oh, we'll see. So, you, you know, I mean, I, that's how creative I so, was. So lawyer versus attorney, what's the difference? Um, you know, lawyer's more country than attorney. <laughs> you know, we, got, we got lawyers. We got lawyers, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no better. Um, I think West Georgia Lawyer is actually very good and very clever, and it works because think about it. The competition we hear every day. It's like everybody's trying to find their niche. Everybody's trying to find what makes them different. Um, that's memorable. That's your geographic region. You're the man over there. So I think it's brilliant, man. Well, you know, as, as, as trial lawyers, as, as plaintiff lawyers, we've about run out of creativity for what things. We what, sure do what, try, though, don't what, we? What people can do, you know. I mean, all you got to do is look at the billboards and, and the TV commercials. You know, other than me standing on my head, you know, live on a billboard, I'm, I'm not sure anything else has has, has not been done. So the money gun is a new thing, right? The we're, money we're gun. We're seeing a lot of the, money guns. Money, we're, we're I, I only do that in public. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of the big oversized Happy Gilmore checks. Yes. You know, like people are people are always trying to come up with stuff. So whatever. I mean, I, I applaud the creativity. Uh, but you're right. Like we've kind of run out of ideas. It's it's some of it's getting a little sickening. I, I mean, you know, even as a plaintiff lawyer, I'll tell you, you know, I, 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 I roll my eyes at a lot of yeah. stuff. Now, y'all, I mean, you're on the border of Alabama, right? You have an office in Birmingham. I do. So talk about that, like practice in both states. I mean, you're... 
So, uh, you know, I went to law school at Cumberland um, in Birmingham and started my career over there as a defense lawyer. Uh, obviously, with with Carroll and Harrelson County bordering Alabama, uh, we get a lot of what you call Alabama plates. That's what we call them over there. You know, Alabama drivers, Alabama drivers, they probably say the same thing about Georgia. Do they have drivers. good insurance on Alabama drivers? Yeah, no, they, they rarely have insurance is, is, is what it is. But uh, I do, uh, we, we do have a cross-jurisdictional uh, practice over there having to appear in, in Alabama courts as well as Georgia courts. You know, it, you'd think it'd be easy. It's not. Um, there, there's, there, there, oftentimes in the, my Alabama cases, I've got to ask a lot of questions because I've forgotten a lot of that law. Well, I also have always heard that Alabama's kind of a tougher state for a plaintiff, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, we all say that about everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there's trial lawyers love to talk whether it's the truth or not the truth. Okay. And yeah. no matter where a trial lawyer is, uh, they're always going to be like, Oh, this is tough. Oh, this is hard. Oh, this is great. Right. Ah, you know what? Just go do what you do. Represent your client as good as you can and get them the, the best result you can in the jurisdiction and the law that you're working with. That's all that we can ask. So that's, that's what we do in Alabama. I will tell you this, that the, um, the, the bar in Alabama uh, is 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 a lot better. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, a a big sorority fraternity over there. You know, we all went to law school together, all know each other, all kind of grew up together, mm-hmm. uh, practicing law. So it's 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 a lot more laid back. Uh, it's a lot easier to pick up the phone, uh, and as as we like to say, um, you know, there's not as many people that are pounding for justice over there. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, we're 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 in the we're in the business of of, of getting it long, keeping it collegial and getting the best result for our clients. I, I, I sure do enjoy the cases so much more where that's the case, where it's collegial, people get along. And you and I both know when you see a name pop up on the, following the answer, the first call from the defense attorney, you know how it's going to go, right? Like there's very few we haven't come across yet. And I see a name that's friendly, familiar, that I know does a good job and keeps it professional. I'm like, this is great. We'll do our thing. See the other name, and you're like, oh crap! Here we go. One of the blessings of my career, and I've, you know, I, I graduated. I, I'm, I'm going almost on 20 years now. Uh, I always say that one of the blessings of my career is the first three jobs I held were uh, as an associate under a scorched earth lawyer. Okay, somebody uh, that would would just be the meanest snake, burn everything down type of law. And, you know, I I always had trouble with that. I I was always like, I just don't know what this is accomplishing. And, you know, it throughout my career, I've, I've tried my best to be anything but that. Um, and luckily, um, but for a few times, uh, every once in a while, you got to meet venom with venom. But, um, you know, I've, I've had good relationships with with um, all the lawyers that I've worked with. Yeah, no, that's great, and it's good to learn that as a, as a young lawyer and see how kind of not to go about it, and then you can you can kind of act the way you want to act. Now, now you have you have described yourself as not really the traditional lawyer, right? <laughs> and and that's that that's not me saying anything negative. That's just no. that's the way you've described yourself. So what does that what does that mean? And I think part part of it is that okay you know my my clients are, are the most important thing to me in my business okay i'm gonna i'm gonna fight to the mat for them uh no matter what okay but with that said you know I, i'm not gonna bend the rules i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know tiptoe the ethical line i'm not gonna do any of that on behalf of a client okay uh oftentimes you walk into the office you're not going to find me in a suit and tie. You're not going to find me in a, in a, in a you know, in a, in a white 
long sleeve shirt with a tie. Uh, you're not going to find me in an office that's full of mahogany and books and cigars and all that kind of stuff. A lot of times, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to find me in athleisure wears. What you're, what you're going to find me <laughs> in. Lululemon. Lululemon, I've got a problem with. Uh, yes, and uh, it's I may not look the best in it, but um, I look definitely look sporty in it. So but, I, I, I catch some hell for Lululemon. And it took me a minute to kind of go that direction. Nothing is more comfortable. Nothing is more. Nothing's more. Period. Hard stop. Da- daily, I'm in Viore shorts, a Lululemon hoodie, and uh, Brooks tennis shoes. If you want me to go into my underwear, I'll go into that. So, <laughs> so uh, ex officio. I don't know if, don't know yeah, if that's yeah, the, yeah. You that, know. That, that's the brand I go with. Again, hundred percent ex officio. Love it. Have you tried the whole thing nope. where you don't wash them for ninety days? No, I'm not. Okay, that. good. No, 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 no. no. I, I probably overwash all my garments. Uh, I had a friend back in college that would dry clean his undershirts. Now, I don't go that far, you know, but, you know, no, I, I ain't going, I ain't going 90 days in, in anything. Well, that's what it means. You know, that's what I mean by not, not the traditional lawyer, you know, in, in most small towns, you know, there, there, there's a lot of, of the stuck up type lawyer, you know, where, where people kind of hold lawyers to a, you know, on a pedestal. And, and I found that the best business uh, for me is to, you know, just, I'm just like you, man. Uh, And that's what I mean by not being a traditional lawyer. At the risk of spending too much time on clothing, you got a pretty good vest game, too. I've got a lot, you know, uh, Armand Deganian is one of my good buddies. Uh, He is probably the most, um, he probably has the most layers of any male that I know. Okay. There's not a time, there's not a time that goes by that where we haven't passed uh, a clothing store that he doesn't buy some type of outerwear or base layer. He prides himself on his layers. He, he, he prides, he, he makes posts about them and then he'll make posts about how few has, he has to pack. That's correct. To go on his trip. Now you uh, and him have gone on trips before. Oh, we, we, yeah, we're going on a trip in, in two weeks hiking. So yeah, Armand and I spent a lot of time uh, outdoors uh, doing, doing, doing outdoorsy stuff even though both of us would admit we're we're not you know if, if somebody asked us to build a campfire neither one of us would know how to do it uh but you know it's it's something that i love i, I love the outdoors so our mom was on this podcast shit maybe two years ago now it has Damn, time he got on here first he did he did go back and listen to it man um anyway he talked very very much about how that like being outside being outdoors being hiking that was like an outlet for because you know being a lawyer can it's hard stressful you wear the weight of a lot of people on your shoulder do you feel the same way well you know i think it goes back to 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 changing the narrative around what it means to be a lawyer okay uh armand and i came out of law school about the same time um you know at that time was when the transition was kind of taking place okay we both went into the defense firms uh felt chained to our desk Okay, bill hours, bill, 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 bill. And I did that for about 10 years. Um, it almost drove me nuts. Uh, so when I finally left um, the hour, bill, billable hour world, and I still have a couple billable hour clients, but when I finally left the billable hour world, I made it a point to figure out how to untether myself uh, from, from the law being everything that I do. Uh, and... To be quite honest, it took me a good five or six more years to to, to figure that out. Um, and, you know, it's still a work in progress. There's still times that, you know, I'll sit there and think to myself, wow, uh, I 
probably got a lot of work I need to be doing right now, but you know, I'm looking at this waterfall or, you know, I'm riding my bike. The work will be there though, right? I mean, when you get, when you're done with the the, the ride or go to the waterfall, the work's still going to be there. But the narrative is, you know, as, as a lawyer, you know, you got to grind, 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 you know, stay late, stay late. But when you, when you see a lot of those lawyers, what, what, what it's done to them, what it's done to yeah. them, uh, the alcohol problems and, and, and things of that nature, I, I, you know, I, I don't want any of that. Right. How do you, how do you kind of in your mind break up your time between law firm owner, operator, business owner, and lawyer? Cause that's a tough thing. And now mediator too, which we'll get into in a minute, but yeah. like that, that's a lot. How do you, I'd like, I'd like to say that I'm a really disciplined guy, but I'm not, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, just your typical small town guy. I wake up in the morning, you know, eat a little something for breakfast, take the kids to school, then go to the office. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that I have this you know, formula down for here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to achieve that day, but I don't. Okay. I'm, I'm still kind of just throwing the fishing line out there and seeing what bites. Uh, but you know, at least once a week, uh, I'm, I'm gonna take half the day to, to, you know, go for a long walk, go for a long bike ride, get out and get out in the woods or, or something like that to just kind of clear my head. Um, you know, I, I don't do it without my cell phone. Okay. I'm still, still haven't gotten there yet. As my wife will tell you, it drives her nuts, but you know, I'm hopeful that one of these days I'll be able to just leave that behind and not, you know, feel naked. One of the best things about this new office, um, is we're so close to the Chattahoochee and so I'll kick over for an hour or two and just kind of, you know, walk after lunch and come right, you know, come back. Um, but the cell phone thing, you're right. We just feel so tethered to it. And for me, it's I'm listening to podcasts or listening to, you know, uh, you know, music or something like that. But then you're going to check it. You right? know, you you're, can't you're, get it out. You of can't your not. And so you'd be better served. Just leave the damn funny thing behind. Story, funny story. It was 2003. No, no, it was 2006, right after I'd gotten out of law school. I was working at this large defense firm in Birmingham, and it, that was about the time that the BlackBerry came out. So at the time, I just had a standard flip phone, you know, dial the phone number, you know, call somebody. Well, they got me a BlackBerry for the office, and I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, I'm a big NASCAR fan, and, and I drove over to Talladega on a Friday afternoon to go watch the, the ARCA race. And I've got this BlackBerry, and you know, that thing was, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. Okay. And I remember sitting there in those stands, and that thing would, damn thing would bing, buzz, and a damn email would pop up. The BlackBerry. And, and, and I think back to that moment in time, and I'm like, you know, that's when the shit hit the fan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now, unfortunately, you know, there's, you know, between my email, I use Filevine for case management. I've got everything on me right here. And no matter what I do, I feel like this thing's glued to my hand. Uh, so, you know, it's not good for, it's not good for mental health. Yeah. Right? But, well, you know, I got to figure out a better way. There's a, you a Zach Brown fan? You like country music? So, Zach Brown went to West Georgia with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a picture of you and him or. Yeah. Or the, yeah. So it's a so stupid question. I, I, I. You want to, here's another good one about Zach Brown. My wife went to formal with Zach Brown. And then dumped him and started dating well, me. Well, there you so go. She chose There's me. You over Zach I, was, Brown. I mean, I mean, think about what, what think about how much know? better her life is because she chose me and not Zach. I mean, she's smart, smartest person on earth. No, I don't think she'd agree. Buddy, my uh, my, my son's um, on his baseball team. Uh, his dad is in Zach Brown band. Jimmy Demartini, good buddy of mine, great. But what I was what I was going to say about because I love the band. He's got a line, and I think it's 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 loving you, something, something, something. And he says, get your face out of your phone. 
is is his is his line, and it's five words. Um, but it's impact. Every time I hear it, I'm like, he's damn it, Zach, you're right. Get your face out of the phone and go do something. And it, anyway, I guess we went on a little tangent, but it's just so true. Um, I hadn't figured out how to do it. No, I was just showing you on my phone how this fancy camera that I have now is run by this. So it's add add one more thing <laughs> to it. Um, and, and, and anyway, uh, another part of your job is marketing. We got to get clients, right? I mean, that's that's just that's how it goes. So funnest part for me. Do you enjoy it? Because some people hate it, some people love it, some people realize it's a necessary evil. How do you view marketing? No, no, marketing is is my favorite part. So before I went to law school, I was in sales. Uh, I sold electrical supplies, uh, and you know I did that for three years before I had the bright idea to go to law school. And you know, looking back on it, you know, I'm a salesman at heart. I mean, that's who I am. I mean, that's my fundamental core. And the marketing side of it, I'm always thinking about marketing. I'm always thinking about business development. I'm always thinking about sales, okay? Every time a client comes in and that contract signed, that's a sale for me. I get mm-hmm. I get the same high that I got when I sold a, you know, a, a piece of conduit when I, when I was selling electrical supplies. That's, that's just what I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, you know. But on the flip side of that, unfortunately, um, you know, management and and things like that. That's not my forte. Uh, Numbers, spreadsheets, oh boy, you want to talk about something that makes my eyes bleed, makes my eyes bleed. So marketing is is everything that I'm about. Stick with what you're good at, hire people to do what you're not so good at, right? Now, me and you talked before about our marketing is kind of similar in the sense that, that, I mean, I call it community marketing. Yours is probably community marketing the next level, but I live in Cobb County, live in East Cobb. I'm from there. I know a lot of people there. So that, that's my client base, the school, the ballpark, the golf courses. I mean, that, that's what you've done too, right? Well, and, and you and I both know that, that there are plenty of lawyers out there who build themselves as Atlanta's lawyer. Right. Okay. I mean, how many lawyers does Atlanta need? Apparently a lot. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, so, so fish with a spear gun, right? Um, you know, I, I, when I first started my practice, you know, I did some stupid stuff. I thought I was going to be this, you know, big time Atlanta lawyer and, and, you know, take over the Atlanta market and stuff like that. And so soon realized that A, it's not possible. And B, I, I don't even really want to do it. Don't really want to do okay, it. Okay. I mean, so, that's, what it comes, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So I, you know, I retooled and, and decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to focus on West Georgia. Those are my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's really what we do. Uh, we so, go from about Rome down to Columbus. There's a highway, Highway 27 uh, that runs down through there. And that's, that's mainly where my practice lies, you know. So we'll get into your involvement with, with Captain High School. Um, West Georgia College, but is that what you're doing? You're focusing on the biggest institutions in that area and just being involved? Well, it's not only the biggest institutions. I'm focusing on all, on all of them. Okay. okay? Um, obviously, um, small towns, high school athletics is king, um, in, in especially in Carroll County. Um, we were discussing beforehand, you know, there's two school systems in Carroll County, the Carroll County Schools and the Carrollton City Schools. There's six high schools uh, in the county of 140,000 people, okay? Every one of those uh, schools has a different fan base, okay? Uh, they represent a different area of the county. Uh, I love them all. Uh, you know, I, I, obviously, I'm Carrollton born and bred, Carrollton Trojan class in 1996, you know, black and gold's what, what my eyes always drawn to, but but I love the kids and, and everybody in all those other schools. So yeah, I, I do focus uh, on the school systems and the schools, but on the flip side of that, you talk about utilizing my voice. Um, 
I got called on to to serve as an auctioneer and the MC uh, for Casa uh, about. Uh, it's probably been seven or eight years ago, and I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, I'd seen an auction before. I can't talk like an auctioneer, so you know, I, I get up there and I just start cracking jokes. Right, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm pointing out the politicians, calling them out, making them give money, uh, and that kind of took off like wildfire. So now, you know, five to six times a year, you know, I'm called upon to raise money for people, and it's I, to be an auctioneer to make ask. I've got several follow up questions. I'm going to focus on two. Number one, we're gonna have to hear your your call for the auction. Oh, there so, is no so, there is no call. It's it's literally like somebody hey, give no, me hundred dollars. No, 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 no. no, anybody give me a hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. Josh Stein, you gonna give me a hundred dollars? Anybody give me a hundred fifty? Hundred fifty. You want to give me a hundred fifty? How about two hundred? Two hundred? Two hundred? That's a good call. You know, or if I got buddies in the audience, you know, I'll be like, hey, you know, um, Bill, you're gonna give two hundred fifty dollars. He's gonna give three hundred. You know, uh, and you're just kind of picking on people, and and you know, you give me a microphone. That's you're you're, you're gonna that's go. Just, that's just what you're I. You're gonna do. go. Uh, uh, all right, and then do you have like a go-to stock joke or two that you know is always going to kill, always well, going to work? Um, sometimes it, it it all just depends. You know, usually with the auctioneers or when I'm asking for money, it's always you know steal your husband's credit cards. You don't you don't have to pay for it, and if you need to file bankruptcy, call me. Um, <laughs> See, that's good. You know, that's gonna be a guaranteed uh, laugh. But, but you know, I, I think about. You know, when I do those types of, of fundraisers, it's no different than being a trial lawyer. Okay. I mean, you go into a jury trial, whether you're on the plaintiff and defense side, you're asking somebody to do something. You know, I'm just, I've just got the span of five minutes to, to, raise money. <laughs> I think doing these podcasts has helped me as a trial lawyer. I think any time that you're inter interacting with people, engaging with people, talking, like all that stuff builds muscles that helps in trial. Oh, I mean, you can't do anything but focus when you have a microphone in front of you. Okay. Uh, I've, I've found that anytime I have a microphone in my hand, clipped to me, anytime I'm talking to an audience, whether there's an audience of one or an audience of 500, you have to focus, okay? That's probably the thing that takes me the most out of my mind, okay? Mm -hmm. While it's all fine and dandy that I go on these hikes and all this kind of stuff, as we said, my phone's always with me. Well, when you're on a stage or, or you're in a radio booth and, or you're doing a podcast and you've got a microphone in front of you, I'm not going to sit here and look at my telephone right. because I'm going to lose my train of thought. And the next thing you know, I'm going to sound like an even bigger idiot than I am. It's it's an hour where you can just kind of, like you, in your words, like be somewhere else, but be somewhere else, but focus on what you're doing and right. not not being attached to this kind of stuff. So that that's great. So the radio stuff, uh, when'd you get into it? What are you doing? How does that look? So um, it's funny you, you ask about that. I, I think I, I've kind of thought about my metamorphosis into radio guy in, in third grade. Uh, uh, way back machine. Third grade, I remember getting called upon to, to host the third grade talent show. I didn't have any talents to exhibit, but I was asked talent to, host. to be the host. I was asked to host. And, you know, I, I think back on that and I'm like, you know, Miss Rankin must have seen something in me. Uh, and all throughout high school and junior high, uh, I'm probably going to make some people run off the road or faint when they hear this. But my favorite thing to do in high school was performing arts. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I know people that caught you off guard. Okay. But I loved being in plays. I loved being in musicals. I loved all that stuff. I loved the performing aspect of it. Well, you know, as you as you go through college age and kind of the 30s, you know, you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. 
And, you know, I started thinking about some hobbies that didn't involve going to the bar uh, or playing golf or something like that that I could get into. And one of them was, you know, I'd, I'd like to be on the radio on Friday nights. Uh, so I reached out Carrollton, Carroll County, West Georgia is lucky to have a robust local radio presence. There's four stations out there uh, that are owned by the same guy. So I, I reached out to Steve Graddick and said, hey, man, can can I be on the Carrollton sidelines? And um, I said, sure. Uh, so I kind of butted my way in uh, to the, to being on the sidelines for, for the Carrollton Trojans football games. And um, – after a year, I'm sorry, after two years, uh, the play-by-play guy, a guy named Aaron Sones, who's from Atlanta, decided he, he, he's just going to stay in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, they called me and said, hey, would you, how do you think, feel about doing play-by-play? And I went, say what? Yeah. Um, and I agreed to do it. And last season was my first season. Okay. And being, you know, being me, you know, I I didn't go out and just ask, you know, other high school sports announcers for 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 advice. Advice, right? Okay, so you know, I'm, I'm calling West Durham. Okay, <laughs> I'm ca- I'm calling the voice of NASCAR, Jeff Striegel. Okay, a funny story. I went to the Daytona 500. I get go to the airport afterwards, and Jeff Striegel, the voice of NASCAR, sitting there. So what do I do? Hey oh, man, yeah. Okay, cell phone number. Okay, yeah. So so you know. I get tips from some of the best last season uh, and and step into the radio booth and it's the most fun I've ever had. It's, it's, it is, I've done a little bit of it, not on that kind of scale. Um, I've done it for my son's baseball team. Like we'll record on this and we'll do something like that with baseball, but football is a different animal, man, because it's the, the pace, um, the names, all that goes with it. So what's, what's the booth? Is it just you and like a spotter? You got a color person? Like what's the setup? So, so what we have is, is, you know, we have the, the Trojan nation network. Everybody okay. go on there and download the app. Yeah. Give it, give it, give it, give it a plug. You, you can listen to, to my sultry tones every Friday night. Um, um, the Carrollton Trojans play, um, but the, the way the booth is set up, it, it's myself. Um, my partner is Greg Waldrop, guy that we've known each other since we were born. Uh, and then our sideline guys, Jeremy Pullen, another Carrollton guy that we've known for so 45 fun. years. Uh, we've got a couple spotters up there uh, as well as, as some media that helps us uh, do stats and, and things of that nature. So it's a full-on radio booth. Um, you know, every time TV comes into town and, and, and for instance, the Carrollton game against Langston Hughes is going to be on ESPN. I was about to say, you probably, you probably, you guys are probably getting a lot of that this year. So I mean, you're stepping in at the time of the program is hot. Well, there's, there was a lot of TV last year and the TV guys are always blown away at the amount of staff we get as radio guys. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I get a lot of help. Okay. Mm-hmm. But with that said, like you said, you know, I'm no football genius, okay? I was one of those guys that played Madden and had like three plays, okay? I don't know the difference between a cover five and a, you know, a nickel. Yeah, Tampa but, two. Yeah, all this you know, more. but it's amazing what YouTube can teach you, number <laughs> one. But it's all about that cadence. It's all about that rhythm. It's all, you know, it's, it's all about providing entertainment for the listeners so that they're going to tune back in next time. Right. And, you know, w- while I've had a couple mess ups and I'm going to continue to have mess ups, uh, I've only said the word shit once on air. 
uh, luckily. Um, I'm taking the over. If you just set it so much higher no, than that, I'd have taken no, the over. Just, I, I, just I, I, not, not because of you, but just in general, like it, could, it pops out sometimes. Well, I said the word shit because I, it, I got scared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it was. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fair. But, that's natural. But, you know, the FCC's not going to ding you on that. Yeah, but you know, broadcasting high school football is not all that glamorous. While Carrollton has a great facility, probably one of the best in the state. You know, I've. I, I've had to call play-by-play from the Westlake student section. I've had to call play-by-play from the pe- from Pebble Brook inside a storage container. Uh, you know, so it, it's not all that glamorous, but I'm telling you, it beats any day at the golf course that I've ever had in my life. And teaches you flexibility too, right? Like you can't always have the perfect setup. You might sometimes you're in a student section. You got to figure it out. Oh, it's, it's 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 you know you're ad, you're ad libbing is what you're doing the entire time. You know, I'm trying to paint a picture of something on a radio. Right. And, you know, my goal each and every play is to to explain to the best of my ability in as simple of terms what's happening on that field to somebody listening on that radio. And that goes hand in hand with being a lawyer. I put you on the spot with your auctioneer calls. Let's hear a touchdown call. Let's hear an interception. Well, walk, you, walk me through it. Come you, on. You know, I mean, the the, the offense is going to line up, right? Usually what, what I'm going to do is, is describe that, you know, the quarterback's in shotgun formation, uh, three receivers out to the right, one to the left. There's the snap. He's looking, drifting right, pass down the field. Touchdown, Trojans! I can see it. I can see. Is it Juju uh, Lewis? Juju Lewis I can, is quarterback. I, I can see Juju Lewis doing that very much. And that's so right. Very, that's very right. good, sir. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's last week at the scrimmage, it was 79 to nothing. So I got to say touchdown, Trojans, a lot. 11 times, yeah. So I told you, and, you know, Walton is is, is where my, my, my daughter goes to school. I went to Walton. I'm a Walton fan. Y'all kicked our ass last year, man. That's, that's, who right. put, that's who put us out of the playoffs. But then I'm like, I started watching Juju, and I'm like, dude can play. So you know, Carrollton, we're we're blessed, and we we always have been. We we we've got a, you know, we've got we've got a, a rich athletic history. I always say, I mean, I, I love the place, but I always say, as as a Carrollton graduate, it's athletics first. We'll teach you how to read later. <laughs> um, and you know. We've had a long, rich history with with track and field. We've had a long, rich history with with, with football, and a, and I and a lot of that's just due to the community. Okay, we've got a really strong recreation department. Uh, kids start playing football and and at seven years old and start learning how to run that offense. Uh, yeah, so they install it early. They install it early, yeah. and, and that's same all those, call, same hand motions. That's how Walton. That's does all it too. those all those kids learn, uh, but. Um, Joey King, who's the new coach, uh, was a longtime coach at Cartersville, won a lot of state championships, and then went to the college ranks, came back to Carrollton uh, to coach high school. Uh, he, he's put it on a totally different level. Um, you know, Carrollton's got some really, really special talent on that team. You talked about Juju Lewis. Uh, he's a sophomore quarterback. Uh, last season, he was 15 years old, didn't even have a driver's license as a freshman, and, and broke just about every every record in the state of Georgia. Uh, this season, he's grown. Uh, you can you notice that immediately. Uh, he he's going to be able to go to you know any college that he wants to go to. Well, let's get him to Georgia. Uh, let, let, let's push know, him to Athens. There's there's no there is. 
we're not lacking for college coaches on the side. I'm sure. I'm sure they're all uh, right there. You know, and it's not only Juju. Uh, you've got a, a kid named Caleb Odom who's a wide receiver who's going to Alabama. He's he's beyond legit. But not only that, what I love about Coach King and, and the program he's building is is you've got kids who are going to Penn. You've got kids that are going to Harvard. Uh, you've got kids that are going to service academies. Um, you know, he, he he's developing – you know, and he really is developing all around good young men. That's awesome. All right. Well, what's the name of the app? How do people listen to it? Because so it's, good- it's, it's Trojan Nation Network. Get get it where your apps are. Uh, Trojan Friday night, Nation Network. Tune Friday in. night football is usually at 730. Uh, you know, tune in. Uh, trust me, you'll hear me. Uh, we'll be listening. Don't it, you you know, we'll be listening. If it's not a usually when it's a blowout, uh, that's when it gets the most entertaining. Yeah. Do you have like a go-to kind of conversation piece to just fill the airtime? Because no, gr- I always thought that was hard when it's like in baseball, if it's like a blowout or football, it's like you got to talk about something. Greg and I have known each other for so long that I mean, w- last week we talked about lightning bugs. <laughs> I mean, we talked about we talked. What talk, in we, the hell is there talking about lightning? I mean, bugs? we talked about lightning bugs. We talked about fog on the window. I mean, y- y- there's never a lack of something to, to talk, talk about from two guys that have known each other for 45 years. Yeah, that's okay? that's fantastic. And you know, we razz each other. We you know, it, it, it's it's just good fun. Yeah, and you can't make that that up, right? Like the camaraderie and and the, the way that you can work together, interact. Like that's not manufactured. I always so. say we're right on the edge of the FCC calling. Okay. Better to be on the edge where you're good than bad, right? All right. So I also mentioned your mediator, which is something that has become a big passion of yours. You're super busy. You're awesome at it. Um, I've never really asked you like the path that led you to that direction and started to do this. Like, I'm curious. So Tommy Greer was a longtime lawyer in Carrollton, a mentor of mine, um, who was a a mediator as well as a lawyer. Um, he was also a preacher and <laughs> all kinds of other stuff. Tommy had his hands in a lot of stuff. And, and you know, I'd sit down with Tommy a lot, and he'd, he'd tell me, I think you'd be a good mediator. Well, I, I didn't really know what a mediator was, okay? I just, you know, I'd, I'd show up at mediation and just eat a bunch of candy bars and drink a bunch of Cokes, right? As a party in a case. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't really appreciate, you know, what role a mediator um, played and then, and then Tommy passed away tragically. Uh, so obvious, you know, as oftentimes happens when somebody passes away, that's when you remember a lot of things about them. And that kept playing around in my head. And, um, Parag Shaw, um, you know, taught me into, to go into mediator training. Uh, and then, um, almost, just out of the blue, Jeff Shiver, who's a, who's a good friend of mine, is like, man, I, I, I think mediation's something you need to try out. And I'm like, why does everybody keep saying this? Yeah. You hear from uh, directions. So I took the class, took the training, got certified, started my own little outfit, um, just doing Zoom mediations. Um, gained traction really fast. I think in my second month, I had eight mediations. And I'm like, well, there must be something to this. Um, we talk in all personal injury cases, car wrecks, truck wrecks. Just- most mostly personal injury cases. There, there have been some property, um, dis- real property disputes. You know, I've I've kind of got a varied background. I've done bankruptcy litigation, commercial litigation. So and I've can- had a few of those. Right. Um, but mainly personal injury uh, is what it's been. But you know, finally, Parag and John Miles taught me into joining Miles, uh, and I've been with Miles since 
February, and I think I told you, I, I know I told you yesterday when we talked, I mean, it's taken off like a rocket ship. Um, you know, I'm, I'm booked up, as booked up can be, and, and enjoying every minute, minute of it. But you asked, you know, where do I, I see my role as a mediator? It's, 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 it's a bit maddening uh, when you when you serve as mediator because you realize how many times the sides just don't communicate. Right. Uh, there's a lack of communication. There's a lack of complete information. Uh, you know that those sorts of things. So you know I, I view my job as a mediator, and every mediator is different, right? Um, we've already established that I talk too much. You can already hear that I talk too much. You know, a lot of mediators say don't talk very much. I'm like, that's not possible. Yeah, you got to be yourself. Um, but you know, I view my role as mediator is is just being to help the parties communicate with each other. I think, you know, as, as, as a mediator goes back and forth room to room, a lot of them are just delivering numbers or delivering proposals. Uh, I try to, you know, line up, you know, communications to see where we've got, you know, where we've got some synergy, where we've got some agreement and where we're really far off. And, and I have found a lot of satisfaction uh, in doing that. Yeah. So it, it, all, a lot of things that you said, it's so interesting because Joe Murphy, who is at Miles, uh, Greg Parent, who's at Miles, like they, they've been on this podcast too. We've talked about it. And then the common thread amongst all three of y'all is like a true belief and love of the process. That's right. And you right? know, Joe, I mean, Joe and Greg, I mean, I call them my mentors. You know, I was just texting with Greg earlier today, you know, something I didn't know how to do. Uh, but you know, it, 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 it is a dance as well. And, you know, as a, as a mediator, it takes a lot of thought and a lot of preparation, which is, I think, where good mediators set themselves apart from others is, is the preparation phase in, in knowing how you're going to deal with every single person and issue in a mediation before it occurs. Right. Okay. And I think a lot of being a great mediator is, is, is reading people at the outset. And that's always been something that, that I've been pretty good at. Uh, it's also, um, I also find that it's always helpful to have blunt, honest conversations with people. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot, a lot of people don't like to have those blunt, honest conversations and feeling, you know, feel like they're going to step on toes, feel like, you know, they're, they've morphed into an advocate, you know, the mediator training, you know, don't be in that, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in there, but, you know, as a mediator, what you're there to do to see if there's a path forward to resolving a case without a trial. Exactly. And do you, do you think that there's a certain style that you bring to maybe establish credibility with one side or the other, or make, get it to where they trust you and want to listen to you and believe in you? Like, is there something that you've kind of figured out how to do or that's all something each case is different? Well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gregarious. I think I think that's the, that's the word you use about me. I'm a little bit bull in the china shop. Uh, but you know, very few times throughout my life have I found people that I'm unable to relate to. Okay. I, I'm a true believer that, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a thin piece of yarn that holds every single person in the universe together by some common thread. And, you know, while, while there are always emotions, different emotions in the room at their fundamental core, each person is, 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 is very closely tied. So, you know, Depending upon the, the the first interaction with everyone, that's that's kind of my my process is is to find okay where can I find 
commonality with this person on a human level. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's football. Okay. Sometimes it's barbecue. You know, sometimes it's the fact that I'm from Carrollton. Okay. Um, you know, because a lot of people, most people who aren't lawyers who are in the mediation, they don't, they're kind of terrified of a lawyer, right? So I have to take that lawyer cape off and be like, look, I'm just Cade from West Georgia. Yeah, it's finding something to connect with them with that makes them feel comfortable. You know, these people have never been in big law firm offices before or courtrooms before, wherever it may be. And they're nervous and they don't know what to expect. And Well, the other thing that I feel, you know, that's important in mediation is, is we've all been in them. I mean, there's been some mediations that are like watching paint dry. Okay, so I think it's important to bring some some I won't call it entertainment, although it is bring some 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 positive value in the room when you're coming. Don't just be in there and be like, well, you know, here's what they said. They, you know, they said you're full of shit, Uh, you know, and here's their number. Yeah. Uh, You know, nervous is my word. Okay, that's my word. Um, It might be the wrong word, but do you get nervous going into another room having to deliver bad news when you know that it's like there's not that much you can do about it? You're like, I got to go face this person and tell them this is what's happening. You know, the news, and I hate this saying, but I'm about to say it is what it is. Um, You know, I think a lot of times you can find value in how that person reacts to that bad news. Um, you know, that's probably one of the times that I'm paying the most attention, uh, to that person. I I had some, I had, I had a mediation recently, uh, where I delivered some bad news and the guy got up and I thought he was going to beat my ass. Okay. Um, you know, but that told me a lot about him. Okay. It told me how passionate he, he was about his case. Okay. And this, this, this was a defense lawyer. Okay. It, it told me how passionate he was uh, uh, about his case. Now, do I think that was a little bit irrational? Yeah. Uh, but, um, that, that's super interesting though. It's like, Oh, sorry. It, it's, it's, you're, you're delivering something that is not good, but you're still getting information. From how oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always reading people when I'm in a mediation. Um, and like I said, a lot of the reason I'm having to read is because the lawyers haven't picked up the phone and talked to each other. Okay. That's, that's probably the most mind blowing thing to me is the lack of communication. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of email warriors out there. There's a lot of text message warriors yeah, out there. Keyboard, pick keyboard, up, keyboard tigers, pick up the damn phone and call them. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I had a mediation in the last week that, that settled for a very low number that should have never been at mediation. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason they were at mediation was because they didn't pick up the phone and call each other. So Andy Goldner, you know, he's a friend of yours, obviously a good friend of mine. We share space together here, work together. He is the king of, of the pick up the phone. Like no one's better than him from the first minute of the case, to the last minute of the case, that guy is talking to people in a very good way. And it, it just helps advance the case. When they get to mediation, he, his case is due there. And no surprises because he's been telling them all along what it is and getting information back from them. And it makes the process that much smoother if still mediation is required. Well, and, you know, I, th- I think the communication from the lawyers between the lawyers helps the mediation process in this ca- in in this way. Uh, unfortunately, the, the 
the plaintiff and defendant, the actual plaintiff and defendant in the case, you know, they know they know very little about the court process. Okay, they think that they think the trial takes an hour, like Law and Order, and that every case has a Johnny Cochran. The glove must fit. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Well, you know, I have to explain to them that you know, in this car wreck case, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's going to go like every other car wreck case that 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 I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and and when they hear that. You know, it it puts them at ease some um, because, you know, there a lot of people were worried about, well, what if they bring up the fact that, you know, I got divorced 10 years ago? And I'm like, well, they ain't going to bring that. Right. They, <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, they can drive it. Uh, but being the mediator, you know, that you, you, you since you're independent and neutral, you, you get to kind of be that guy. OK, you get to kind of explain the things that maybe their lawyer hadn't explained to them. Um, and of course, I always give the lawyer the opportunity to explain it first. You know, I'll say, oh, you know, I'll say something like, oh, Josh is the greatest personal injury lawyer of all time. And, uh, you know, he would tell you this. So here's what I'm going to yeah, tell I, I love getting pumped up. Every, yeah, single, every yeah. single mediation, I'm the best lawyer. You chose the perfect lawyer for this case. Yeah. He's, you know, he he's is gonna be, the greatest. He's the greatest lawyer ever. He'll try the case perfectly. I'm he like, will find justice. I'm like, you know what? He's right. I yeah. am the greatest lawyer. I will yeah. try this case perfectly. Yeah. They did choose correct. I give my I give myself demerits when I use the word justice. Justice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. All right. The two questions I always ask mediators on the podcast, they're very hard-hitting questions. Number one, how do you find time to eat lunch and what is your strategy around eating lunch? And number two, how early in the day do you know the number the case should settle for? All right. First question, lunch. Um, you know, I, 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 as you can tell, I'm, I'm going to eat lunch, um, but- Dep it depends on my read of the parties. Okay. I'm going to eat lunch in one of the rooms. I just don't know which room yet. Um, you know, if, if, if a room is, is hostile, okay, towards me or, you know, I hate to say it, man, but there's a lot of times that, that a plaintiff is really hostile towards the plaintiff lawyer. Okay. And, you know, if that's the case, then, then I'm going to be in that room you know, trying to, you know, ham it up. Yeah. Uh, I do the same if I feel like the, 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 the plaintiff thinks I'm, you know, the bad guy. Uh, on the defense side, if it's just somebody uh, I like, <laughs> you know, I had, had Jason Darnell, you know, I'm, Love Jason to death. Go sit, down, and sit down, shoot the shit, shoot the shit with Jason. Uh, so it, it all just depends. Uh, how early in the day do I know the number? Uh, you know, of course, it depends on the value of the case. Um, but I've got a pretty good feeling after about four, three or four moves. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to tell anybody that. Right. Uh, well, you just told everybody that. Well, no. What I'm saying, no, <laughs> no. What I, what I mean is, like, I know what you know where it's at. I know. I, yeah, I know. I'm not going to know what, what that number is. Right. Uh, because you know, I've got some good relationships with some insurance adjusters who will just come out and tell me what their this, numbers. This is. we're trying to get get us. Okay. There. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've also had times where I thought the number was X and the number was a lot more than X. Uh, so, you know, it, it just depends on the skill of, of who's mediating. So I tend to, when I have a good relationship with the mediator, which fortunately I have, I have lots of good relationships with lots of great mediators. Um, I'm pretty honest with it. I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like I, I was kind of trained that way. Just and, get it all out there. You know, I'm just like, what, what am I trying to protect? You, you know, know, the thing for me in mediation is a lot of lawyers, when they do their opening statement, treat it like it is the O.J. Simpson trial. And almost every time, at least for my purposes, 
it backfires. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's the, the, the plaintiff, plaintiff's lawyer, you know, using a lot of big flowery words and all this stuff or, or a defense lawyer, you know, just saying, we don't believe you. Uh, you know, I, I, I tell them in, in an opening, I'm like, look, I want 30 seconds or less. You know, we all know why we're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just make sure we're, we're starting from the, the same starting line. Um, yeah, that's something else I've kind of gone back and forth with over the years. Like I used to think the dog and pony show in some cases was really, really important. Sometimes for the client to see. Sometimes the plaintiff needs to see it themselves because it is their day in court. Um, and I've since kind of gone against that and been like, you know what, let's just get to it show them what the the main stuff is before we get there so they know. But I also sometimes have concerns that the defense lawyers haven't properly educated their adjusters about some important parts of the case. That goes both ways, And I think maybe I have to do that. That goes both ways. I mean, that you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, defense lawyers are never prepared. You know, it it goes both ways, man. I've seen some woefully prepared plaintiff lawyers. Um, You know, so, you know, the good thing – about most mediations is you're dealing with good lawyers. Okay. Sometimes you're dealing with overworked lawyers. Okay. But you're dealing with good lawyers. So, you know, every once in a while you'll get the, the one who just doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Thinks mediation's a crock shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just have to, you know, grin and bear it. And, you know, I've got a pretty good success rate for those people that don't want to be there having their case settled. Yeah. And if nothing else, I'll tell my clients, like, look, this is the day that they have set aside to focus on your case. They've got eight zillion cases to your point of being overworked. But like today, they're looking at yours. And so now's the opportunity to really show them what your case is about, get the right value. That That's a huge thing for me on media mediation. You know, and I think a narrative, the, the narrative of there's no empathy and, com- and compassion on the defense side is, is overused. Um, I, I've been around a lot of defense lawyers and been in the room with a lot of insurance adjusters who, who, who do show empathy and compassion. So, you know, I, I, I don't like for that narrative to, to take hold, you know, you're, you're just a number, this and that, you know, I, I've seen a lot of adjusters who, who after meeting the, the plaintiff, you know, ch- ch- change their tune or, 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 you know, say, I believe her. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I did defense work too, I did it for a long time, insurance defense. And I felt the same way is that you get some adjusters or, I mean, you know, and they get it and they see it and they're like, okay, now we put eyes on this person. We've heard their story. Like we got to get, you know, we got to resolve this case. So uh, the lunch thing you said is, is extremely fascinating to me because I've heard that from other people too. Like I thought lunch was just kind of like, you got to eat, eat in the run, but there's strategy behind it. No, but, no, there's always strategy behind, behind eating lunch. And I, I mean, I, there have been times where I've eaten alone. Okay. Um, you know, many times if, if, if I eat lunch kind of in my work room, it's because I'm having to put in some thought, (laughs) um, about how I'm going to crack an egg or, you know, something like that. But, you know, nine times out of 10, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and I'm eating lunch with you, uh, feel honored. There you go. (laughs) How, how do you feel that mediating cases helped your practice as a, yeah, as a plant lawyer? Well, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, when I first got my mediator's certification, you know, there were a lot of um, plaintiff lawyers out there like, how are you going to get any business? You know, you're on the GTLA executive committee and, you know, 
what defense lawyer is going to hire you? What defense lawyer is going to hire you? Well, you know, I, I can get you 15 defense lawyers right now that absolutely love using me as a mediator. And, and a lot of it is, is just due to my, you know, being a plaintiff lawyer and, and having those honest conversations with, 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 with the plaintiff side or the defense side. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of defense lawyers who like me to mediate cases and tell, tell me what you think about this case. Um, but, you know, in my practice, what what it's helped me with is obviously it's helped me develop some 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 good relationships with defense lawyers. Um, but it's but it's also um, helped me calm down the process. And and, and what I mean by that is when when you're in a, a higher volume practice like I have, you know, you can lose sight of the, the humanness, humanity of, of each individual file. And the mediation pro the mediation business has helped me slow down that process for my own individual clients and help me see, okay, here's how this can flow. Okay. Um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll just throw out there, you know, I've, I've never been a big believer in, in using certain medical providers. I'm just, just not, not how I operate my business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, uh, mediation has proven to me that you made a good call. <laughs> okay. Um, so, you know, there are other avenues that, that help me benefit, but, you know, for the most part, I mean, nobody's hiding anything. You know, I mean, we've both been defense lawyers. We 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 know exactly what the defense lawyer is doing. We know the exactly what the defense lawyer can't stand doing. Okay, like you, know, you I don't ever want to write a report to an insurance company again in my life. Okay, well, they feel the exact same way, and you know, the adjusters are still the same as the adjusters have always been. They're overworked, they're overwhelmed, and you know, just. You got to slow them down. Slow them down. Well, the perfect the perspective you bring is is fantastic and wonderful. And um, you know, I, I just like you might say, or people might say, why would a defense lawyer want to hire Cade? For the reason you just mentioned, why it's a good idea. When a defense lawyer recommends a defense attorney prominently for for mediator, like I'm a, like okay, like if that's who you're going to listen to, and that's they're doing a good job and their experience, like I've got enough faith in the case that I brought and in my abilities and my client that he's not going to he or she's not going to force me to do something I don't want to do. But if you're going to listen to that person because they can say, hey, look, I've got cases just like this, and this is what you need to be thinking about, I find that very valuable. Well, you know, one of the things that's always stuck with me, Jim Butler. We all know who Jim Butler is. You know, Jim. Jim's like me, you know, or I'm like, Jim loves to talk to, okay? Uh, but one thing Jim said at a, at a GTLA conference, I think it was, was, you know, the only way to have a successful case is to have a, uh, have a winning story, mm -hmm. okay? And, and the mediation practice has shown me that if your story, if, if you don't have a good story, you're you're not going to have success, and that's for both sides. I always um, I always say if you have a hard time explaining your case, you've already lost. And and you know, stories everything. I mean, I don't care how much in medicals you got. If you can't see the dent in the bumper, you know, you, you don't have a good story. Um, so you know, that's something that Jim said that's that's always stuck with me, and it's something that I implemented in my own legal practice. I tell my paralegals and my associates, I'm like, that's the first thing we do. Tell me the story, mm -hmm. uh, and if the story is, you know, our lady got rear-ended, but we can't really tell where. 
Um, we don't have a store. Not a great store. <laughs> yeah, and that story ain't getting better in day 120, day 180, day three. Like, yeah, it's just ain't getting better. Man, my, this is great, my man. This was great. I think that we accomplished a lot of what we wanted to accomplish in terms of, of topics. We kept it right at the hour. What, what do we miss? Anything else? Got, Anything else you know, we I mean, I mean if, you, if you can't tune in on Fridays to hear me do the Carrollton Trojans, you can hear me do the West Georgia Wolves on Saturday night. See, we missed so, that. What's so, that? What's the West so, Georgia Wolves? So, hey, the division, Gulf South Conference, Division Two. we play Valdosta State. I mean, I, you know, I'm, so moving, you, my so way, so I'm doing, moving my way on up. One of these days, I'm going to be Joe Buck. But Joe Buck, is that the goal? What? Joe Buck is a great character, by the way. Joe, Joe Buck is a great every character. Every time he's on, he makes you know pop-ins on these shows. I don't know if it was Kenny Powers or East Baton. One of the he was on recently. Was it East Baton Down? Something he popped in on. Um, and he was so damn funny. You know, radio is, you know, TV is a different animal because people can see. Okay. You know, radio, I can make it up a little. Uh, so I'm a little bit nervous about this game being on TV. This so week. Saturday, so the Saturday one is a TV. No, Friday night, Carrollton versus Langston Hughes is, is on ESPN2. Got it. But your Saturday gig is also radio. It is, but it's on TV. It's on TV, it's too. It's on TV. So we got, well. we got, we got to get our, uh, uh, and, and, you know, that introduces a totally different animal. Yeah. Well, what better way to prepare yourself for that than, than this? Right? I mean, is there a better way? I, mean, I could keep going. We can do another two hours. We can have a three-part series. I'm, I'm always open for that, man. People like you, if, y'all, if you'll gift me more hours, I will take them. But I always want to be respectful of people's time. And, and you know, I, I asked for an hour. You've given me the hour. That's and right. We're good, man. But uh, no, this has been a great time. So always a pleasure to see you. You're an interesting dude. I think we've peeled some of the layers and gone through them. So where can people find you? I mean, we talked to the website, but... People want to use the mediator, hire you as their lawyer. Find find mediation. You can find me at at, at milesadr.com. My pretty face is on there somewhere with a booking calendar. Um, For legal stuff, westgalawyer.com, or uh, as the radio commercials say, you can find us at westgalawyer.com or call 770-727-5550. Local lawyers, big results. Oh, and a few billboards. And a few billboards. You got the Calcade get paid too, right? So, so Calcade get paid. I, I don't use that that often. You know, no. Calcade get paid was born in law school by by a, a law school classmate. Her name's Casey Graves, and we were sitting in torts class, and she screamed out, "Calcade, Calcade get paid!" Get paid. I it's, think it's brilliant. It's stuck ever since. Okay, um, you don't use it as much anymore. I don't use it as much anymore. Um, you know, I always say this: it really should be Calcade get paid. Maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> depending upon but, your yeah, case. Yeah, but, um, but you know, it, it is out there. Um, so, you know, find me online, uh, call me anything you got in West Georgia. We, like I said, we'll break up your family. We'll, we'll get you out of jail. All we'll, of we'll it. Do all all of stuff. it. Uh, and you also can put together a hell of a YouTube video. Oh God. Yeah. That's a, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I caution you to YouTube me, uh, but but yes, there there's a YouTube video. I would recommend people do because you talk about like like a good way of demonstrating who you are, like coming through in a two or three minute video. I think that's what that accomplishes. I think it's great. It's a slow motion view of me walking it's through downtown. It's a slow motion Carrollton. view walking through downtown Carrollton. Yeah. You uh, hit the coffee shop for breakfast. You were at the bar with a friend. I was at the, it was you actually know. my paralegal. You're paralegal. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody's got to so say, you we went to the barber shop. You were at the barber shop. Yeah. yeah you, you, hit, you hit all the major food groups, man. I love it. That was about 30 pounds ago, too. So every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, that guy was big. <laughs> <laughs> and a great vest in that movie. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. All right, man. You're one of the best. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for coming, man. Thank you all for listening. And uh, as always, keep chopping. <laughs>